What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. My name is Justin Pora, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the JP Sports Talk podcast. This is going to be a sports podcast covering the biggest national sports news of each week, mainly going over all things professional and college football for the first month until the NBA and college basketball starts to roll around. And of course, we have baseball postseason starting tonight with a great matchup between the Milwaukee Brewers, who are really playing inspirational baseball, up against Max Scherzer and the Washington Nationals. Episodes will be dropping every Tuesday. This is a 100% sports-driven podcast. I will also have a more life-centered podcast that will be premiering this Friday, also dropping every single week, covering my semester as a college student in New York City. But that's not why you tune into this podcast. Here is what we got on the slate for what will be a great inaugural podcast. I'm unpacking a wild week four in the NFL season that was full of upsets, starting with a wide open race for the top of the NFC. I'll also get into the surprise of the 2019 NFL draft. Daniel Jones of my New York Giants, Patrick Mahomes already on pace to repeat as the MVP. And I'll also get into my way too early college football playoff picture and my best bets to get on top of for this upcoming week, as I will do every single week. It's the first edition of the JP Sports Talk podcast, and it all starts right now. How are we doing today, everybody? I am so excited to get going with this podcast. It's something that I've been wanting to do for the last couple of months, and I'm finally ready to get it started, and I'm just so happy to get this off the ground, and thank you for listening, however you may be tuning in right now. We have a lot to get into in terms of the MLB postseason, college football. We'll even talk a little bit of soccer as I get into my best bets of the week at the end of this podcast. However, as we will usually do, especially as we are now 25% done with this NFL regular season, we're going to start with the NFL, and we have to start with what is a wide-open NFC title picture. Now, we know the AFC at this point, it's a two-team race. I mean, if you have been watching the football season up to this point as we are recording on October 1st, you know that it's a two-team race. You have the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots. We'll get into Patrick Mahomes later in the podcast because he deserves his own little segment. But we we can't even entertain the idea that there is a team outside New England or Kansas City that is going to win the AFC. It's a fun conversation to have, and we will have it at some point. But teams like the Ravens, the Browns, any team that is two and two in the AFC South, which is all of them, you you can make whatever argument you want. The fact of the matter is, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady are at the top of the pack. Andy Reid and Bill Belichick are on top of the pack. There's not an argument there. They're one and two. You could argue who's one and who's two. I have my own opinion about it. However, that's not a conversation that can be had. Who is? one or two. It's the Patriots or the Chiefs. No one else. Not the Ravens, not the Browns, not the Texans, not the Chargers, not the Bills, who have been very impressive at the beginning of this young NFL season, but it's the Patriots and the Chiefs. Now, when you look at the NFC, that's the conversation we are going to have, and it's a legitimate one to be had because There's only one undefeated team. It's the San Francisco 49ers. And I don't know if there's a soul on this planet that believes that the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. They could prove it. They are coming off a bye going into week five and will host the Cleveland Browns Monday night. So they have a long week of rest. And that is going to be a statement game as the Browns just played their best game of the season in Baltimore. Big divisional game. So the 49ers and the Browns both have a lot to prove next Monday night. It's going to be a great battle, but looking at the top of the NFC, it's crowded with teams that are 3-1. and one. 
the Dallas Cowboys, who just took their first loss of the year. Two, the also 3-1 and one New Orleans Saints, who are on a backup quarterback and still playing exceptionally well. That defense is a problem. The Green Bay Packers, the Chicago Bears, both at the top of the NFC North. The Packers taking their first loss of the season to the Philadelphia Eagles, who now have to be considered at 2-2 two and two right now who have been dealing with a lot of different injury problems, but Carson Wentz is just too damn good. I mean, I think they're going to start competing for the division as the Cowboys now are getting into a harder part of their schedule. You know, they can't beat up on the Giants, Redskins, and Dolphins forever. They'll be hosting the Green Bay Packers in America's Game of the Week this coming Sunday. The NFC is a dogfight. But the one team I think everyone has to look at, just in shock at this point because of what they've gone through and how they've responded so far in this early season, it's the New Orleans Saints. I mean, they lose Drew Brees in their first loss of the season at the Los Angeles Rams, who were who are the defending NFC champions as they lost in the Super Bowl to Tom Brady because who doesn't? Oh, wait, that's right, Eli Manning. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, I'm a Giants fan. I will certainly be giving some love to my New York football Giants a little bit later. Daniel Jones looking like a savior. But let's get back to the New Orleans Saints. They have now defeated the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Another really good 3-1 team who's going to be competing for a playoff spot. And then they hosted the Dallas Cowboys Sunday night. Everyone was talking about, is Dak Prescott legit? He's going to get this contract. He looks like an early MVP candidate. This defense is so good. This running attack so good. How are the Saints going to stop them? They were a home underdog in the Superdome. That doesn't happen very often. But this Saints defense being the story as Drew Brees, not present to put a lot of points on the board for this Saints team, the defense was phenomenal. Ezekiel Elliott, who just got the bag, $90 million. 18 carries, 35 yards, a fumble. Are you kidding me? This team scores one touchdown in the Superdome. Dak Prescott looking as mediocre as ever. 22 for 33, 223 yards, and an interception. I mean, the Saints defense was in his grill all night. Ezekiel Elliott was getting stuffed all night long on Sunday. The Saints defense is phenomenal. And I know what they did in the early part of this season. Yes, they gave up 27 in L.A. to the Rams. Yes, they won by the skin of their teeth against the Houston Texans week one. But they're inspired. Teddy Bridgewater has come in and he's making the money to be in the exact position that he is in right now. Backing up Drew Brees when his old behind needed to be saved. I mean, yes, the injury has nothing to do with his age. It's a thumb injury. But Sean Payton predicted that this is a very reasonable possibility that Drew Brees was not going to play 16 games this season or next season or however long they believe he still is the guy. So they have Teddy Bridgewater ready. A former Pro Bowler suffered a horrendous knee injury derailing what looked to be a very promising career for him in Minnesota. And I mean, I'm sure Minnesota wishes that that didn't happen badly because look who they're paying to throw the football for them right now. He's not as good as Teddy Bridgewater is right now after the knee injury. But the Saints have been doing everything right. Teddy Bridgewater has been an exceptional game manager. Yes, he didn't score a touchdown against an elite Cowboys defense Sunday night. But they put up the points. They put up nine points, three field goals in the second quarter. They scored when it mattered at the end of the game in the fourth quarter to give them a lead. 
against a Dallas Cowboys team everyone was running up the hills about. And they defended home field. And in what is a confusing NFC South, they're easily the best team. And they're going to run that division. I have no issue saying they are definitely going to win the division. And they will be in a great position to be at the top of the NFC. But I got to tell you, there's a lot of teams. A lot of teams that could fight them on that. The Green Bay Packers, the Philadelphia Eagles, the team they just beat, the Dallas Cowboys. Who's legit? I think we started to find out a little bit this week. Yes, we saw some upsets, but we also saw some really good games. The Philadelphia Eagles were in desperation mode. They could not fall to 1-3 and three in the NFC East with the Dallas Cowboys playing as well as they had in this early season. They couldn't afford it. And the Packers maybe got a little too comfortable at 3-0. and Carson Wentz just came out there, slung the football, made every play that he needed to make, even with a hurt Alshon Jeffrey, even with Deshaun Jackson injured. The Eagles went out to Lambeau and won a game that they needed to win. That's as big of a must win that had to be in this early part of the season. The Chicago Bears losing their first game of the season to the Packers. They're now on their second quarterback as Mitchell Trubisky's arm decided to do a 360 and get stomped on against the Vikings. But Chase Daniel, (laughs) I mean... It's not hard to be better than Mitch Trubisky, but he looks just as good. And that's all they need him to be because that defense is terrifying. I don't know how many teams are going to be able to score on the Chicago Bears as this season progresses. It's a hard schedule. It's a first place schedule in the NFC, which means they're going to have to deal with the Rams still. They still got the Cowboys coming up. It's a tough schedule, but they look ready for it. And yes, Aaron Rodgers beat them week one. I don't know if he could do that again. Not with this defense. They didn't have Akeem Hicks or Roquan Smith in that game against the Vikings. And they still made them look like a JV team. They made Kirk Cousins look like a Juco quarterback. They bullied them in that game. Now, a team that I haven't really gotten into yet that I don't consider in this race for the top of the NFC West because I don't know if they're the the best team in their division, the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, did they really let up a 50-burger to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I mean, this is a team that Yes, put up 33 points. This was at home against the Giants, who have a horrendous defense. And Jameis Winston goes out, throws for 54 points against the Seattle against the Los Angeles Rams. In Los Angeles, Jared Goff, three interceptions, a fumble at the end of the game when they needed him most. That's the guy who is making the most money. At the quarterback position. You got to be shitting me. It looks to be a mess. For the Rams. And yes they're 3-1. and one, But they haven't looked good. At 3-1. and one. Drew Brees injured mid game. Against them. In their second win of the season. They barely clung on. To beat the Panthers. Week 1. With Cam Newton hobbling around the field. The Browns weren't ready. It was just a a matter of coaching in week three in that Sunday night game against Cleveland. And they lose to the Bucs. I will get into more depth their upcoming game when I get into my best bets of the week. But here's a hint. They're going to Seattle. They don't have the better quarterback, that's evident. The defense is far inferior. And then they have the Seahawks this week, and then they go on to play the Niners. That's huge for the NFC West race. And I got to tell you, 
the reigning Super Bowl finalists, they're not in there. Not yet. You need to see a lot more out of the defense. You need to see a lot more out of Jared Goff. In this small sample size we've had, we've only had four games so far, the New Orleans Saints with a backup quarterback, when they get Drew Brees back in a few weeks, where are they going to be? Everyone thought they would be around 3-4, and four, maybe 4-3. Four and three. Right now they're 3-1. and one. They get the Bucks at home this Sunday. Then they go to Jacksonville. And then they go to Soldier Field. And then to finish off Teddy's campaign, they're home against the Cardinals. I think the only game they lose right there is at Chicago. So with that being said, they're going to be 6-2. and two, And then Drew Brees comes back. This team is really, really good. And it's the defense that has impressed me the most. And as long as Teddy Bridgewater can keep their head above water, make sure that he doesn't lose games for them, they're the best team in the NFC. And I got to tell you, if they do get to the Super Bowl, <laughs> They'd give a very hard time to either the Chiefs or the Patriots, who are clearly at the top of that AFC. Now, a team that isn't at the top of the NFC, not going to be in the conversation, probably will not be in the playoff conversation, is my team. The New York Giants, baby. If you're listening to this and you know me, you know that I am a nut when it comes to the Giants. I'm not going to talk about them every week because they don't deserve to be talked about every week. I mean, they're clearly the third best team in their division. I mean, we saw that they embarrassed the Washington Redskins this week at home. Who's to say what happens when that game gets played later in the season as Jay Gruden's not going to be there and Dwayne Haskins will have a few games under his belt at that point. But for the moment, the New York Giants are ahead of the Washington Redskins. And more importantly, Daniel Jones is light years ahead of Dwayne Haskins. Now, I got to tell you, the Redskins are the most disgusting organization in sports at this moment in time. Dwayne Haskins got thrown into the game after the first quarter when Case Keenum went 6 of 11 through a pick after what was a puke-worthy performance against the Bears last Monday night. I mean, I know Jay Gruden's coaching for his job. You wouldn't think that they would let Dwayne Haskins take reps with the first team this week? He practiced with the scout team. And they threw him in there after the first quarter. The Giants' defense is not very good. I know they looked good this past Sunday. I know that they're not good. They're not. Janoris Jenkins looked like an all-pro corner again. That's just not what he is. But when you throw a rookie quarterback into his first ever NFL game in the second quarter, that's what's going to happen. However, let's get to the bigger picture here. Dwayne Haskins versus Daniel Jones is going to be a conversation we have for the next 15 years. Because everyone knew the Giants had to take a quarterback in this 2019 draft, everyone assumed the quarterback would be Dwayne Haskins. The Giants had three first-round picks, most notably at number 6 and at number 17. They took Daniel Jones at 6. Everyone in the sports media world laughed at them. How could you take him 6? You could have got him at 17. Dwayne Haskins is way better. And you know what? I was one of those people in the short term. For, for those listening who know, I was doing a radio show at Syracuse during the NFL draft. I think it was a lacrosse postgame show, and the draft was at the same time. Shout out to Brandon Ross, who was my engineer that game, because he kind of saved me as I said something not radio appropriate as the Giants drafted Daniel Jones and it was right as we went back on air after a break. I wasn't happy. I thought maybe not Dwayne Haskins, but at least one of these pass rushers. We could have Josh Allen right now. 
We could have Ed Oliver wreaking havoc on offenses because as we damn well know, this Giants defense needs all sorts of help. And I think the Giants have to draft all defensive players for the next two or three years. Because the offense is fine. The line looks okay. The quarterback position figured out. Running backs figured out. Wide receivers, good enough. This team needs defense, man. But with that being said, Daniel Jones has done everything the Giants could have asked for him to do at this point in time. This is an inspired football team. And they're right where they're supposed to be right now. No one thought they would go into Dallas and beat the Cowboys, whether it was Eli or Danny. Nobody thought that they would beat the Bills at home. I get it. The Bills are not known for being good. That's a damn good football team. And it was Eli Manning's last real hurrah. And Daniel Jones comes in. They go into Tampa. And they're looking like a tough get at the moment. They were down by 18 points in that game. But the team would not quit on one Danny Dimes. And Danny Dimes wouldn't let them die in that game. As they stormed back, won the game. Should they have won the game? Hell no. Matt Gay, make a field goal. Make a sub 40-yard field goal in Tampa. There's no weather problems unless there's a hurricane happening. And it wasn't. It was a beautiful day. You have to make that field goal. But Daniel Jones leads the 18-point comeback, wins the game, and the team rallies behind him. They crush a divisional opponent this week. They're at 2-2. And And you know what? I think the Giants, I may be getting a little out of myself, but I don't care because we've all seen what the Minnesota Vikings have thrown out at the quarterback position for the last year and a half. I would say they have an advantage at quarterback going into this week on Sunday. I said it. Kirk Cousins is bad. And Adam Thielen, you hear what what Adam Thielen said about this Vikings offense? Sometimes you just have to learn how to throw the ball. He knows his quarterback does not know how to throw the ball. Daniel Jones, he could throw the ball. I mean, you don't necessarily have to throw the ball 80 80 times a game when you have Dalvin Cook in the backfield. And Daniel Jones won't have to do that when Saquon Barkley comes back. But this offense is exciting now. They put up 24 against the Redskins, 32 against the Bucks. Eli Manning couldn't even put 32 points up in his first two games this season. Combined. <laughs> and everyone wanted to crap on Daniel Jones so early. And you know what? For the first month of him being a New York Giant, I did too. But once I started believing, seeing how he was at the podium, seeing how he handled this whole situation with such class, he didn't care what everyone was saying about him. He didn't care. That Eli Manning was, you know, not ready to surrender this role. That the Giants didn't want to put him in right away. He didn't care. He got up there with a smile. Answered everything in a very professional manner. And he just did his job. Waited for his opportunity. And when he got his opportunity, he hasn't disappointed yet. And no one's expecting this team to do much this year. They just wanted a reason to believe. And he has given them that reason in his first two starts so far. And that's not up for debate. He has looked like the offensive rookie of the year. He looks better than Kyler Murray right now. And did you see what he did up against Dwayne Haskins this week? Dwayne Haskins threw three interceptions in three quarters. He didn't do anything. Nine for 17. Daniel Jones, 23 for 31, 225 yards and a touchdown, showing a lot of mobility in the pocket as well. You got to be happy, Giants fans. I know I am, and I'm not expecting them to beat the Vikings this week. I'm not expecting them to win more than six games this season. But 
if you look at the schedule, you look where they are, don't rule it out. Because this kid is surprising everyone, and he will continue to do so. Now, what's not surprising in the NFL right now? Who the MVP is. Who the best quarterback in the world is. Who should have been the top quarterback taken ahead of Mitch Trubisky a few years ago. And that's Patrick Mahomes. He didn't throw a touchdown this week at Detroit as everyone was ready for him to sling it in his first game indoors in the Dome of Detroit. But you could argue that's one of the most impressive performances you've seen out of Patrick Mahomes. Didn't throw a touchdown, but also didn't throw a pick. Led a game-winning drive on the road less than two and a half minutes. Two timeouts. That was way too much time. I mean, Detroit had a shot at the end of the game. Matt Patricia didn't use his timeouts correctly, which you would expect from Patrick Mahomes coach Andy Reid. But the Chiefs were dominant in that last two and a half minutes. The Detroit Lions are a really good football team. I think when you look at the NFC North, that is the most competitive division in football. Throw out the AFC South because I think that's four bad teams. The NFC North is three and a half really good teams. The Vikings offense. (laughs) The Vikings' offense is so bad, but the defense will keep them in a lot of games. And then you have the Bears, the Packers, and the Lions, who are undefeated and put up a real fight against the Kansas City Chiefs this week. But Patrick Mahomes, oh my goodness. Look what he's doing. He's already thrown for over 1,000 yards. <laughs> four games into the season he has thrown at least 315 yards in every game this year and you know what play we're gonna look at this season if the Chiefs go on to take the first seed in the AFC if they make the most out of what I believe is a Super Bowl ready season for the Chiefs fourth and eight less than two minutes you need a first down the Lions, a defensive-minded team, with a uh, going taking a line from NBC right now, a coverage sack. Patrick Holmes didn't have anywhere to throw the ball because everyone was covered. And you know what he does? That he hasn't done all year. I mean, you look what he did in the first three games this season: one rush, two yards; one rush, minus one yard; four rushes, nine yards. This game, he had six rushes for 54 yards. None of them bigger. Fourth and eight. In Chiefs territory, he runs for about 13 yards, slides, doesn't get hurt, first down. To extend not only the drive, but extend the game. Because if he gets sacked right there, he throws an incompletion. Game's over. They lose. Chiefs are 3-1, and not 4-0. But he has the guts to run, make that play, has the smarts, the IQ to not take the hit, not try to do too much with it, just keep it going. And then he let his arm do the rest. He got them down to the goal line and then the one-yard rushing touchdown to win the game. This kid's unbelievable. And this is only his second real season in the NFL. I mean, he he played, what, a meaningless Week 17 game his rookie year? Then Alex Smith, bye-bye, let him go to Washington. And what happened to him is absolutely horrible. And he was a, very, he was a serviceable quarterback. But Andy Reid knew. Oh, he knew what he had in Patrick Mahomes. And he has made it worth it so far. He was unbelievable in his first year, really his second year, but his First full year as a starting quarterback. And now he looks even better this year. And the Chiefs look like a well-oiled machine. You have to really ask yourself, when are the Chiefs going to lose? They're in prime time this upcoming week at home against the Colts. The Colts just lost 
to the Raiders. Then they're at home against another AFC South team, the Texans. Then they go to Denver, who looks... I mean, we, we talk a lot about the Dolphins going 0-4. We really need to talk about the Denver Broncos going 0-16. I, 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 it's going to happen. Their schedule is hard. They don't have a winnable game until their last game of the season. In my eyes, it's a, it's a bad, bad team. That definitely could go 0-16. Them and the Dolphins are the two teams that are can very well go 0-16. I, I, I'm leaning towards the Broncos right now. At least the, the Dolphins get the Jets twice. I mean, come on. Broncos don't get any cupcakes. There's not one game where you honestly think that they'll be favored. There won't be. I know that they played their last couple of games close. They're not going to be favored in any game this season. They're horrible. That is a Thursday night game, week seven, as they play the Chiefs. And then the granddaddy of them all, they play Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at home. That's that's their toughest game up until week 14 when they go to Foxborough. But when you when you think about that, do they lose up until that point? Do they lose in October? That's the, the Green Bay game, their last game of October. Do they lose in November? Home against the Vikings at Tennessee. Home against the Chargers. Then a bye? Do they lose those games? No. I don't think they do. I think they go into Foxborough week 14 at 12-0. I really think they do. And I think Patrick Mahomes who's on pace for 6,000 yards. Oh, he'll be ready. Oh, what a game that's going to be. That's a preview of the AFC Championship. And I think the MVP race will already be decided at that point. But we'll really see what Patrick Mahomes has in that game. Because he is thrashing every other obstacle. The New England defense is the best defense in football right now. These other defenses that he's playing... In the future, they're good, but the Lions were good, and he put up 34 on the road against them. The Jacksonville Jaguars have a good defense. He put up 40 in Jacksonville against them. He's unbelievable. He's going to continue to be unbelievable. They're going to continue to bully teams, and it's not going to be fair. He is just that good. All right, it's been a lot of fun talking NFL for the first half hour or so of this podcast. I'm, I'm so stoked to be doing this, guys. And thank you if you've been hanging around with me so far. But now, let's move away from the NFL. Let's talk a little college football. We're five weeks in. We're starting to get a better idea of the identity of these top flight Power 5 college football teams. So now let's play a little game. Rankings, I'm going to be the first to say it. They don't matter. The top 25 poll doesn't mean a thing. Not at this point in the season. But you know what? We got to have a little bit of fun. Let's look at what I believe to be the top four teams in college football. The teams that at this moment in time, I think are the most ready. If the season ended tomorrow, these would be the top four college football playoff teams. It starts with Alabama. Alabama is the number one team in the country. I, I don't care. I don't care if Clemson beat them last year. That's not where we are right now, guys. This Alabama team is dominant. And they just passed Clemson in the top 25 poll. They deserve to stay there. And that's until proven otherwise. I mean, they they haven't even entertained another team this season. Granted, their hardest game was at South Carolina. But they're going to roll in the college station, play Texas A&M. After their bye week this week, they're going to crush them. Then they're going to crush Tennessee and Arkansas. And then they get a real challenge against LSU. This team, they're a well-oiled machine. Nick Saban has them ready at the start of every year up until the end of every year. Tua is, is just too good. This defense is too good. They're killing teams. Now, a team I'm not impressed with that I have to put at number two is Clemson. I'm not impressed. 
I think Nick Saban has his guys ready at the beginning of the season. I think it takes Dabo a little bit longer to figure it out. And they will figure it out. Trevor Lawrence has been underwhelming. Everyone wants to tell me that he is at the, he could go into the draft this year and be the number one pick. He's going to be out in 2021. He's going to be the number one pick. They think he's the best college football quarterback right now? No way. I mean, they, they were a two-point conversion away from losing to the North Carolina Tar Heels. Get him out. I can't have that. That, that cannot be the number one quarterback in college football. But you know what? When you think about where they will be at the end of the season, they have one ranked game left on their schedule, and it's a home game against Wake Forest. They'll probably play, what, Pitt in the ACC championship game? Look, I want to I wanna say they won't be there because, quite frankly, what they put on the field has not impressed me. But they will. I mean, this team hasn't allowed more than 20 points a game looking defensively. So they're going to be there. I don't know what else to say. Um, they're, they're going to get there. They will look better in January than they do right now as we're recording this on October 1st. Now let's get into the fun teams. We knew that they were one and two. Number three, I'll put in Ohio State because Justin Fields, oh my goodness, on a different level. He has shown to be the best offensive quarterback in college football. He's the best. I mean, Ryan Day has a... He's, I don't want to say he's transformed this program because Urban Meyer has done a, you know, a 360 backflip it back for Ohio State. But Ryan Day, he has these kids playing hard. The offense has scored over 40 points a game. The defense, after their first game of the season against FAU, hasn't allowed more than 10 points a game. They went into Nebraska and embarrassed the Cornhuskers. And now they get a top 25 game. They host the Michigan State Spartans this week. And I think that's, that's going to be a game to watch. But if Justin Fields could go play that Spartan defense and thrash them like he has been thrashing every other defense this year, that'll just solidify my point. Ohio State, number three. And then you look at number four. I'm going to get some heat for this. I don't really care. Auburn has had the toughest schedule so far in this early season. Haven't had a bye yet. They beat Oregon on a neutral site. They beat... Texas A&M at College Station. They've covered every single game. And now they're going into Gainesville this weekend to play Florida. If they beat Florida, there is no one who could tell me that they are not a top four team. You can't make that argument. They beat Oregon. Neutral site. Went to College Station. Won. Are going to go into Gainesville, a top 10 team. If they win that game, they're legit. They're the second best team in the SEC. They're one of the best teams in college football. And you know what? You look at how they played Texas A&M on the road and how Clemson played Texas A&M at home. Auburn was the better team. I don't care if Bo Nix isn't, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Trevor Lawrence or Tua. He's serviceable. This offense is chugging. This defense is elite. Auburn, number four. And then you look right outside. Look, you can't, you can't throw three SEC teams in the top four. LSU and, and Burroughs looks phenomenal. They're coming off a bye this week. They get Utah State, who they're going to pummel. And then they have a chance to really improve their resume. The next four games after Utah State, the Gators at Mississippi State, they play Auburn, which I think will be the game to determine who is the second best team in the SEC. And then they go to Alabama, and which is always a game that you think is going to be really exciting until you see how good Alabama really is. Oklahoma, I have it six. They don't really have many hard games on their schedule. They haven't had one yet. Um, and they have Red River in a couple weekends where they host Texas. And then they get, um, that's one of only two ranked games left on their schedule. So they're going to continue to thrash through teams. Jalen Hurts, 
I would love to see them play Alabama in the college football playoff, but they're going to need one of the teams ahead of them to lose. If they're not going to lose, they're going to need to see an LSU loss, an Auburn loss. Look, they play Bama too, so... You know, it's a good shot that, that they'll get there. And then at 7, I have Georgia. They've been impressive, but the, in terms of the eye test, the firepower they had, they had an opportunity to crush Notre Dame at home, and they just didn't. It was way too close of a game. Um, You know, you look at, the, I have three SEC teams ahead of Georgia right now, and they're, they're just not on par with those teams. Jake Fromm has looked good, not great. Defense has been good borderline great but they they have to really start you know like embarrassing teams because they're not embarrassing teams they should have embarrassed Notre Dame they were at home at night one of the biggest games on their schedule and you know they they didn't do it they didn't crush them they only beat them it was a close game way too close for game for me to to think that they're better than any of the six teams I had in front of them. And just to clarify, my top four, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Auburn. I love this Auburn team, man. I, th- I think Bo Nix is good. He has heart. He's an athlete. He's good. Very good. All right. Now let's talk some baseball before we get into my best bets of the week. I know it's early, but I have a bet for all of the main sports, including soccer. Soccer fans, I know you saw it in the logo. If you like international soccer, I'm your guy. I will be giving a best bet every single week. But let's talk some MLB playoffs. It kicks off tonight. Milwaukee Brewers going to Washington, playing the Nationals. The Brewers have been the best story coming into these playoffs so far. They are the best story, I should say, coming into the playoffs. They lose a guy who's probably going to win National League MVP in Christian Yelich, best war, best batting average. But they have not skipped a beat. I believe, what, they've lost three games since he's been injured? But with that being said, they are going to Washington, D.C. They are playing the Nationals. They are playing Max Scherzer. Do not bet against Mad. Max. He will get it done. He has been the reason that, you know, the catalyst for this team. He's a guaranteed dub whenever he goes out there. He's going to make these Milwaukee bats that have been chugging for this team look really, really silly because that's just who he is. He is Mad Max. The The Nationals are going to win this game. And then they're going to have a challenge. They're going to play the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers the only problem with the Dodgers right now is that they could get too comfortable. They made the World Series the last two years. They haven't won yet. They have everything to lose. These other teams in the National League have nothing to lose. And I think that's the only thing that's scary in the National League. You know, Washington, a team that you didn't really expect to make it, at the beginning of the season, when you saw the Braves, how well they played last year, the Phillies, all the moves they made in the offseason, most notably taking Bryce Harper from the Nationals. But here they are, and they are ready for October baseball. And they're going to be taking on the Dodgers. Then you have the Cardinals and Braves. That's going to be the best series, I believe, um, in, in the divisional round because... I don't think you know what you're getting out of the Braves. They're still a really young team. And the Cardinals, you know, they they always seem to be there. And when you look at the teams that they've overcome to win the National League Central, they outlasted the Brewers to win the division. They watched the Cubs absolutely crash and burn in every sense of the word. And now... They're going to be uh, the three seed in these National League playoffs going up against the Braves. I think I'm going to give the edge to the Braves here because I think they have more talent. But I don't know. The the Cardinals, the the way that they're playing at the, at the end down the stretch, it's going to be good. It's going to be the best series to watch in, in any of the National League games. I think that the Dodgers should take care of business against the Nationals or the Brewers. And then the winner of this series 
But this is huge for the future of the National League if the Braves could come out and beat the Cardinals. Looking at the AL wild card, it's going to be the Rays and the A's tomorrow night on Wednesday. Um, you know, I think the A's are going to steamroll. I think the A's are ready. They have been the hottest team in September to date. They, you know, you didn't really expect them to to make this much of a campaign when, when we were talking about the All-Star break. Now, ever since then, the A's have been on fire. They blew past the Indians. They blew past the Rays. And now they need to beat Tampa to move on to play the Astros. And that's going to be a series. Let me tell you, I, I the A's are going to beat the Rays. Right, the athletics. I'm gonna because it's it's too complicated to say Rays and A's. You might not know what I'm talking about, but Houston played Oakland in September in a four game series. This is the most recent time they played. It was in the middle of the month. The Astros destroyed the Rays in the first game. It was 15 to nothing, and then the A's put up 21 in the second game of that series. Won the last three. So, if you think the Astros are going to have a cakewalk to the World Series, you have another thing coming. Because if they get the athletics, that's going to be a hard-earned series. And then they get the winner of the Twins and the Yankees, two of the best offensive teams in baseball. The two best offensive teams. Maybe in the history of baseball, the only two teams to post 300 home runs in a regular season. Oh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. My New York Yankees. Looking like, uh, I I just, I can't wait. I love my Yankees probably more than any other team I support. It's close between them and the Giants. But I'm just so excited for them to get out there. Luis Severino is back. James Paxton pitching like the guy you went out and got over the offseason. I'm geeked for the playoffs. I am ready, ready, ready. And it all Finally starts tonight, and that segues me perfectly into my best bets for this week. I know it's Tuesday. Yes, I'm going to give some football picks, but I'm looking at the lines. I'm eyeing them. I see what I like. But let's start with tonight. My best bet, Nationals money line, minus 180. Don't be afraid to also take the under in this game. It's a low under at 7.5 runs. I think Max Scherzer is going to pitch the lights out. In Washington, D.C. tonight, I like Nationals at minus 180, under 7.5 runs. Now, soccer fans, moment you've been waiting for, Champions League, second week of that competition, starting up today, but I'm not going to give a bet to today because the game's already started as this podcast has been posted. Liverpool, at home tomorrow, the reigning UCL champions, take them minus 1.5. Don't do the money line. Minus one and a half at minus 102, basically even. They're playing Salzburg Red Bull. Look, Liverpool, they lost 2-0 on the road at Napoli to start the UCL campaign. They're the reigning competition champions, the reigning European champions. They're going to come out and show out at Anfield Wednesday. It'll be Wednesday afternoon in the States, but Wednesday night in Liverpool. All right, Thursday night football. I alluded to it earlier, Seattle minus two at home against the Rams. The Rams got embarrassed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. They're playing on a short week coming off of that. I don't think they're going to adjust to Seattle in a divisional game on Thursday night. You already hear Todd Gurley complaining about Thursday night football. They're not going to be juiced ready for this game. It's a battle of three and one teams. The Seahawks have the quarterback advantage. They have the defensive advantage. Take them minus two at home. College football. This is one that just shocks me. Colorado minus three and a half at home against Arizona. Saturday afternoon. Colorado coming off a bye. They beat Arizona State on the road. A ranked victory on the road before their bye week. Then they get the bye. They now host Arizona. Khalil Tate did not play in what was a really close win against UCLA this past weekend. And I don't know if he's going to be ready for that game. So if you want to get a jump on an early line, take the Buffaloes, minus 3.5, who have done well as a dog this year. And then the NFL, only one game I like, as this is Tuesday. We're looking at Sunday right now. The Bears are minus 4.5 against the Raiders. They're playing at London, and 
when you think about all the travel over to Europe, it's going to be defense that shows out in this game. And I don't think John Gruden is going to have a recipe against his old friend Khalil Mack, who he traded away for a couple of draft picks, didn't even let him walk in the building after he signed that 10-year, $100 million contract. I think the Bears' defense is going to crush this uh, Oakland offense. Derek Carr already listed as questionable. Take the Bears. Eat the points. It'll be fine. Bears minus 4.5 on Sunday. Those are my best bets for the week. Tonight, Nationals and the under. Tomorrow, Wednesday, Liverpool at home. Thursday night, Seattle minus 2. Colorado on Saturday minus 3.5. And And Sunday afternoon, the Bears at minus 4.5. All right, guys. That just about does it for the first episode of the JP Sports Talk podcast. We're going to be doing this every single Tuesday, so please feel free to tune in however you are able to listen. And again, I will also be starting up and premiering uh, a day in the life podcast, which covers my experiences um, as I am now in my senior year. I'm a student of Syracuse University, but this semester I'm doing a New York City program where I'm taking classes in Manhattan and I'm doing an internship at Sirius XM with Mad Dog Sports Radio. So it's been a lot of fun. I have a ton of stories. I've been commuting to the city ever since June. And as we're here in October, I. I've had, you know, it's been one of the best experiences. I've been able to live at my home on Long Island uh, with my great parents, my grandmother, my sister, my two bulldogs. It has been one of the best times, and I would love to share those experiences with you guys. It's definitely going to be, hopefully, a more guest-oriented show. It's going to be a lot more conversational. We're going to get into a whole lot of things aside from the sports world, and it's going to be a ton of fun. I can't wait to get that out to you guys. But Thank you for listening to the inaugural episode of the JP Sports Talk Podcast. And if you aren't about the whole Day in the Life podcast, that's okay. I'll talk to you next week.